0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock.
1: I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. Janet Yellen, the Fed Chair, wraps up two days of testimony. It is clear that the Fed Chair is no longer certain that rate high Hike, rate hikes are inevitable this year. Uh, and having said that, she also suggests that maybe we'll get lucky in the economy and the labor market will show a little rebound. Pim, we're going to talk to a guy who says he thinks maybe there's a little too much hope in Janet Yellen's outlook.
2: Yes, that's uh, John Herman, director of an interest rate strategy at Mitsubishi UFJ Securities. He says that uh, hope is not a strategy. I'm going to find out what he means by that. I remember that as being a book by Rick Page about (laughs) salesmanship. We'll find out more right now. Let's find out all about news with Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg
0: Newsroom. And I thank you, Pim Fox. Thank you, Kathleen Hayes. The Dow is lower. S&P Nasdaq advancing the tenure of 530 seconds, looking at a yield of 1.68%. The pound fluctuating amid speculation over whether the U.K. will vote to leave the European Union. Oil slipping below $49 a barrel. Right now, though, WTI is at 49.11. It is down 1.5%, dropping 73 cents Brent. By comparison, down 2.3%, 49.44 right now on Brent. And again, WTI at 49.12. Tobias Levkovich, chief U.S. equity strategist at Citigroup Global Markets, was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. Here's what he had to say about... About uncertainty in the market. One of the things that I've been fascinated by is this uh, constant reference to uncertainty. Um, that we have very high degrees of uncertainty today, we've always had high degrees of uncertainty. We probably get it a little bit more in terms of the instantaneous technology feeds of that news flow. But I can't remember a time in my career uh, that there wasn't uncertainty. And, uh, you know, if you talk to people who grew up in the 60s and the 50s who were told to hide under their desks in case the Russians attacked um, with a nuclear uh, barrage, uh, there's always uncertainty. And again, recapping, we do have a mixed picture for stocks. The S&P up two points now at 2,091 on the S&P 500 index. That's a gain of 0.1%. The Dow down 10, a drop there of one-tenth of one percent. on Wall Street. Now, let's take a look at other news from around the world on Bloomberg Radio.
3: Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Raimi Inocencio. This news update is brought to you by Land Rover Manhattan, where New York goes for luxury. Conveniently located at 54th and 11th Avenue and online at LandRoverManhattan.com. Land Rover Manhattan is at your service. House Democrats staged a protest on the House floor over gun control, forcing the House into recess. About 30 Democrats, led by George's John Lewis, are demanding a vote on measures to expand background checks and block gun purchases by some suspected terrorists. It won House Speaker Paul Ryan to keep the House in session through its planned week-long recess next week to debate and vote on gun legislation. Which presidential candidate would be better for your portfolio? That is the basis of a new national poll. Bloomberg's Michael Barr has more. When it comes to investor confidence, a new Bloomberg poll shows more voters with money in the stock market say Donald Trump would be better as president for their portfolios than Hillary Clinton. The Bloomberg Morning Consult national poll shows voters with money in the market Pick Trump over Clinton 50% to 33%. The poll also shows nearly 8 out of 10 Republicans say Trump would be better for their holdings, while about 6 out of 10 Democrats say Clinton would. As for independent voters, the poll shows they are twice as likely to pick Trump as better for their portfolios. Michael Barr, Bloomberg Radio. New York's Attorney General says the Jimmy John's sandwich chain has agreed to stop including non-compete agreements in hiring packets used for low-wage workers. Eric Schneiderman says such agreements, quote, bully workers into staying under threat of being sued, and companies should stop using them for minimum-wage employees. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Ramey Innocencio. This is Bloomberg. Charlie.
0: And we thank you. And again, recapping S&P 500 index higher, little change right now, up one point at 2,090. That is a gain of less than 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pallet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio.
2: The Fed in Focus. Our next guest says that Chair Janet Yellen's current outlook is entirely based upon hope And he goes on to add that it is never, ever a strategy. Here to tell us more about this is John Herman. He is the director of rate strategy at Mitsubishi UFJ Securities. John, always a pleasure. So go ahead. Explain
4: what you mean by this. Okay, Pim, so you and, you and Kathleen and I go way, way back, uh, a couple of decades at this point. So uh, let's just, uh, you know, we have to really fess up on a couple of things. One, um, you know, she, all the issues, just, just, you know, a few weeks ago, four weeks ago, she was telling everyone, get prepared for a rate hike, get prepared for a rate hike. But basically, the job market has lost a lot of momentum very rapidly over the last five or six months, and that totally caught them off guard. And up until this point, she's been saying things that, you know, there's a couple of headwinds that the economy faces. And she expects them to fade over time and for rates to go back up and, you know, growth to go back up, inflation. And now she's basically saying, you know, maybe those headwinds are really only going to slowly fade over time, and we're really uncertain out, uh, over it. So she's had a major about-face, and, and she's listed a, and now an enormous list of headwinds. It used to be just a couple of headwinds. It used to be just, oh, there's some weak productivity growth, uh, household formation rates amongst Millennials not where we want it to be. Uh, we've got some overseas economic and financial developments we're concerned about. Now we've got a whole laundry list of stuff. And she said today at the beginning with the House testimony, she said, you know, I don't want to send a message of pessimism on the economy. That's the exact quote from her. I don't want to say So she doesn't want to deliver this. But the thing is, she has to. She has to tell people what is really going on so that maybe policymakers mm. can do something about it. And well, that's my issue. But go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, John, I think we've got to put a couple things on on the table. Yeah. Uh, number one, uh, there is no conclusive evidence that we're heading into a recession. You see recession signs. People are looking for them because once the economy peaks and, you know, yields bottom and jobless claims bottom, the next move is frequently toward recession. There's no definitive sign of that right now. And there are even people right. who think we'll avoid recession. Number one. And number two, people... Uh, would criticize her like crazy. You want the Fed chair to come out and go, yeah, I think maybe we're going to have a recession. Oh, probably not. There'd be one headline. I think None. we might have a recession and you'd see stocks crater okay, and, so you know, you destroyed so destroy let, business confidence. But let's,
4: let's go through, Kathleen, let's go through. So if you're right. For this year, we don't see a recession this year. Uh, she doesn't see it. We don't see it. And most other people in the business don't see it. But when you look out past this year, uh, you know, and you look in 20, uh, you know, towards the end of 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, the labor force Has a very strong bias to contract after the year 2018. It's it's even assuming 100% participation rate amongst millennials, we're biased to contract every month, every quarter, every year from 20 end of 2018 through 2028. So this is just you know the likelihood of a of a major slowdown at that point is is going to be you know very high. So that's as, as a very basic. But uh, the other things, you know, even in the nearer term there's, there's some things to concern people, which is that, you know, business profits basically started to roll over for the last three quarters. So that is a leading indicator of slowing activity and, and more cautious business investment, more cautious hiring and so on. And, uh, potentially some layoffs and as this stuff starts to work, potentially work its way into the economy, then you would see the spillover to consumer spending and the like and risk taking and so on. So, you know, we're not out of the clear by any stretch of the imagination. She's now seems to be more open and receptive to these risks, and now she's guiding us that she's going to really, really raising rates very gradually, very slowly, and the next rate hike isn't really even on the table just right now because she can't even convincingly argue right now when the next hike is coming. So that so she's done a big about face. But there's a ton, of, you know, a ton of issues here. And and what's amazing to me is that you know, it, 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 she has to really be pushed. You know, the the Senate Q and A was fairly collegial and polite and a lot of niceties and so on. But the House, both sides were, you know, you know, much more harsh in their criticism of the policy and in the questioning and so on. And so there was she was more disclosing uh, of what. She, some of the, her concerns really are. And, and suddenly there's like this long list of things, everything from, again, like the millennials and their situation, the formation rates, their, their indebtedness, et cetera, these big strains in the income and wealth gaps in the U.S., especially between, uh, you know, educated uh, whites versus, uh, you know, less educated, uh, you know, minorities. I mean, it's just huge thing. And and then questions about how, what that does to the local communities that, where people reside and so on. I mean, these are very big issues. The things about uh, you know productivity being weak and productivity has been weak for seven years now. Business capex has been weak for eight years now. I mean, it's a whole bunch of things. The hollowing out of the middle class. She said, you know, this has been going on uh, you know for years and decades and decades. And you know, and now she's more disclosing on that. And and, and then, you know, the regulation, the excessive regulation that's being burdened on community banks and on, on businesses more generally, the high corporate tax rates more generally—all these things are just starting, you know, to come out in her testimony. But she has to really be pushed by, you know, a fairly contentious group of uh, representatives to get it out. All and right, that, John I Herman, think, thank amazing. you
1: so very much, Director of Interest Rate Strategy Mitsubishi UFJ Securities, uh, saying Janet Yellen is not being negative enough on the economy. He sees recession signs. And uh, at least he says she has backed off on her course of interest rates. Kathleen Hayes, Pim Fox, taking stock, Bloomberg Radio.
2: The Fed in Focus is brought to you by Willoughby's since 1898. New York City's boutique camera store for precision crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full
1: selection of GoPro Action Adventure cameras. Willoughby's, corner 5th Avenue and 31st Street.